Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Reach for the Stars from Cyclone's new album, Showtime, available on all music stores and platforms. A moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time we've received a moment of your time. We are servants of the new age, the time of prophecy, the time of the ascending sixth sun. We are a platform for alchemists and multidimensional souls. We connect with many planes of reality and assist the awakening journey. We are pure light, transmitters of high vibrational light out into reality. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or you can use Take My Call. And for $11, you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash P-U-R-E-C-O slash 11. And then please PM or email Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com and include the phone number you'll be using to call the show. All of our podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website, cview1111.net. Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Welcome everybody to CBU 2022. Today uh, we are having messages from Metatron study group with author Zevi Nina Binghamn. Remember, we meet every third Friday of every month at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Time here on CBU. And I hope you will join us each month as we go together through the study group with Metatron and the author. If you're here listening to us, it's for a reason. Likely, your guides and angels brought you here. Now, let's introduce the author of Messages from Metatron, Vali Nina Bingham. But we call her Nina. She's an author, a life coach, a clinical hypnotherapist, and a sound therapist. Welcome to the show, Nina. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited about today's show because we're adding lots of new listeners this week. And so I want to start by explaining what the study group is all about. So Messages from Metatron is not only a book, but it's also a curriculum of channeled messages, which are spiritual, but they're non-denominational. So anyone 
can participate. And included in the book is a study guide, and that's what we're working from in this podcast. Claudia? And thank you, Nina, for that introduction. So we have a very cool topic for, for us today, spirit guides and angels. Metatron explains we all have entities, guides, ancestors, angels, beings of life who support us, guide us, and surround us. We will be taking callers questions and comments. Even if you haven't read the book, you can still participate in our study group, but it will be easier for you if you have the book. The ebook sells for $15 on Amazon, but Nina, our friend, is offering the ebook for free to CBU listeners only. To request your free copy, go to the CBU website www.cview1111.net and go to Debbie Nina's show page and there's a form to request your free book. Thanks, Claudia. I would love to give everybody a free ebook, so I hope that you'll take just a minute and go get your free book. So let's begin our study of angels and spirit guides. Today, we're going to uh, do a couple things. We're going to define both spirit guides and angels because there are some big differences. And we're going to see what purpose each has in the world that we inhabit and on the other side. And we're going to look at the role that the spirit guides and the angels play in your life. So I hope that our listeners will call in today and participate with their questions and comments and even any stories that they have to share about encounters with these otherworldly beings. Um, Claudia, if callers would like to talk with us, how do they do that? Well, they are in the switchboard, and all they have to do is press number one. That means I'm ready for a question, and we will call your number or your name if I get them before. And you can ask your question or share your comment. Like more than questions, we love sharing your your story. Let, let I, I love hearing how is it for you that you hear your angels or your guides the first time that it happened. If you do something to uh, allow that messages to come in, how easy or difficult it is to believe, right, Nina? Because like you, you had this guy like the metaphor comment with you, and I'm sure at the beginning you were like, what? Yeah, absolutely. This was not something planned in my life. My life <laughs> since meeting the angels, since, uh, oh, you know, they met me at birth, but, uh, you know, I met them later on in life, and since meeting them and, and, and letting them in my life, um, they really changed the whole course of my life, and sometimes I think that's what we're afraid of. Um, so let me give you just the telephone number if you'd like to talk with us or like to share your story. Um, it's 805-830-8344 and press 1 to speak with us. Okay, so let's jump in now and talk a little bit about what Archangel Metatron says uh, in these lessons uh, that the first main difference is between a spirit guide and an angel is that angelic beings haven't 
been human before, he says. He says, only spirit guides have lived on earth, have lived in incarnation. So spirit guides are humans that have died, but they decided not to reincarnate. And so instead, they decided to become spiritual guides to humans on earth. So that's mainly the difference that spirit guides have had an earthly incarnation, while angels have not. So that's the first big difference. Secondly, both guides and angels interact with us on a daily basis. But because our external senses, our eyes, our ears, don't pick them up, we don't ever suspect that we're being influenced by them. And Metatron says that there's an invisible realm all around us that we're not actively perceiving. And he says that, he says if we're psychic, meaning that we can sense the spirit world, if we're clairvoyant, then we have our second and third chakras opened, which is the third eye and the throat chakra. So he says the throat chakra especially uh, receives what he called downloads from higher dimensions. And so we've all heard about chakras. Most of us have. In the New Age movement, they became uh, front and center. And I'd like to point out that this system of the chakras actually comes from the Hindus. Uh, the system of the chakras are our connection to the other side. And I would call them a conduit of prana or life force energy. And there are ancient uh, scriptures, Hindu scriptures, that describe the body chakras dating back some 10,000 years ago. So I would say of all spiritual technologies, if you will, that the chakras are the oldest. And so... Metatron says about the chakras, quote, you may be asking yourself, how does one open their chakras? And while the desire to see into the spirit realm is admirable, you have no power to affect a change in energy fields. So let me read that again. Quote, you may be asking yourself, how does one open their chakras? While the desire to see into the spiritual realm is admirable, you have no power to affect a change in energy fields. And then he goes on to explain that because we live in a world of matter and the chakras are energetic, that the only ones who can manipulate the human energy field and the chakras are a person's spirit guides and their guardian angels. And he goes on to say, quote, even if an energy worker claims they can open your chakras directly, while their intentions may be honest, this is inaccurate. And because I'm, I'm a certified Reiki practitioner, and, and I practiced Reiki for a couple of years uh, while I was also uh, working as an intuitive and uh, that kind of took me back when I read that because I'd always heard that Reiki masters and energy healers could manipulate people's chakras. But he says, 
quote, the, ener- the worker of energy is not affecting the healing. They are being guided. They are a conduit. They are merely the bridge between two worlds. The spirit guide has the greatest responsibility. And he gives an analogy. He says uh, that your spirit guides are like the surgeon who goes to work while the energy worker is like the nurse assisting the doctor. And when a healing has occurred, that we shouldn't thank the human healer because your spirit guide or guides and even your angels have caused the healing. So he's, he's pointing out that we really should give credit where credit is due. And so I'm going to pause here and uh, bring you in, Claudia, and any listeners who might care to join our discussion. Claudia, were you aware that it's the spirit guides and angels who heal rather than the energy workers themselves? Well, in in a way I was, um, Nina, because I do do some energy work as well. And, you know, at the beginning of every healing, you open space and you bring all the spirit realm around you. And Mm -hmm. you allow the light to come in, which is it's coming from that realm, I guess, and to go through you. So... That's what I think uh, Metatron um, is referring to is that it's this higher power that you allow to come through you that helps out in that moment. Because it is true, when, when I, the most fantastic healings that I have the witness of and the ones that I have had myself, First, the ones that I have had myself, my healer has not been aware of what happened. Like, like I would be like, oh, my God, I just had a huge transformation. And I would uh, turn to see the healer, and the healer is like, oh, yeah, what happened? And you're like, what? Where are you <laughs> And the same, when I have, like, I remember one time I put my hands on, on a client, and the client jumped and turned at me and said, you just shocked me. And I was like, I did not. I, I just put my hands on top of it. But <laughs> I did not feel that energy that he felt. So there was something else. There's always something else in there that your brain or my brain cannot explain. That magic, I, I call it that magic magic, that magnificent, that something that there's no words for it that happens when you are in a room with your client and and yourself. Yes, it it seems like what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, let's see if I understand what you're saying. I think I do, but let's just see if I really do. It it sounds like (laughs) what you're saying is there seems to be an invisible force at work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd agree from the energy healing sessions I've had as well, both, you know, being the the uh, practitioner and the, uh, the receiver. So let's press on to see what else Archangel Metatron says about angels and spirit guides. Um, so far, we've learned that there's a difference between the two entities, and we've learned that spirit guides are exactly that. They're spirits who have committed to us to guide us through life's ups and downs, 
And Metatron emphasizes in this lesson how deeply and completely our guides are committed to us and how they see all that we go through. Even now, just saying these words, I'm getting a little choked up because as I was channeling this message for the book, I could feel how much angelic beings and our guides love us. It's not just that they care or that they're obligated to do a job for us, but how, as Metatron says, they are our BFF for life is what he says. And I thought that was so cute that he used that phrase. They're our BFF for life. And he says, we're all cared for more than we could ever imagine. And I think it's very comforting, isn't it, to know that we're not doing this alone. I wonder yeah, you're, you're if you're right. are and you ever aware are you ever aware that, that your angels around or that your spirit guides are involved? You know, the first time that I personally had uh, some glimpse of something else in my life, I was not expecting that one. So it was the first, uh, I was, I was probably around 18, 17, I was very upset. I had had just a bad experience with my sister and I was really upset and crying and devastated and feeling bad. And I heard this word saying in my mind and the voice to me, I would describe it as a male, forceful, strong and voice, even though there was, it was inside of your head. So you, it's hard to explain when it happens to you. But that voice said to me, nothing can destroy you but yourself. Oh, and to mm-hmm. me, it changed the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. from that moment on, I would not allow myself to be a victim anymore. I said, no, that's right. Only if I believe the words she said, I would be the victim and I would be the truth of what she's saying. It is on me. So, so, and I guess it was a spirit guide or I don't know, because I don't know. I don't, you know, I never knew the difference between one and another or that there were so many or, and that you can even have names to them. One of our uh, listeners, Lily, she said, no, my angel is just an angel. I don't, I don't see that he has a name, but angel is my angel. I don't need anything else. <laughs> so it was the perfect answer. It's like, yeah, sometimes you need a name and sometimes it's just your angel. Um. I'm really struck by uh, by what your angel said to you. Can you repeat that again? I thought that was so good. He said, and I love it. He says, nothing can destroy you but yourself. Nothing can destroy you but yourself. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's really powerful. And how old were you? I, around 17, probably. Okay. 16, 17. And you know what? Pretty young. In knowing you all these years... I know for certain and for sure that you are the furthest thing from a victim. (laughs) You really learned that lesson. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, and I'm very appreciative because when, yeah, you're right. When that happened, it was before I even went from my first sexual experience and all of that. And that helped me a lot to leave all of those things that sometimes mark you for life, not allowing me to be hurt, deeply hurt. I would just see it like, okay, it didn't happen, and that's it. But I would not allow me to be hurt or to be destroyed is the word. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when you you said you were seventeen, at that time, uh, do you feel that you were like a highly you were highly evolved spiritually by that age, or had you not really um, spiritually fully developed yet? Uh, that's a hard hard question. I knew I was weird. I was different, but I don't. I, I would not have had the consciousness of labeling me. Uh, I was just very different from my peers and from the beliefs of the people around me. But I, I never knew why or questioned. Yeah. So it sounds like you wouldn't have necessarily labeled yourself as a spiritual person at that point, although you were very different. <laughs> Um, but I guess what I want to bring out here is that the angels and guides can speak to whomever they want to. It, you don't, I've had many people ask me, well, you know, Nina, you hear from the angels. I've never heard from my angel. I've never heard the voice of my angel. I've never heard um, a spirit guide talk to me. So um, is it because you're spiritual and I'm not? And, and I laugh at that because I think um, angels and spirit guides will talk to whomever they want to talk to. These are very powerful communicative beings and they're not worried if you're spiritual or not spiritual if they have something to say to you they're going to say it and i think it's just a matter of tuning in it's it's simply a matter of learning to tune in so let's focus now on angels and understand their powers and their place in the world and our lives angels are depicted in art as these chubby cherubs who float around on clouds And it looks like an idyllic life, doesn't it? Just kicking back on the clouds all day, strumming their hearts. But that's not how the Bible describes angels and archangels. And I'd like to point out that celestial beings who are God's servants are described in every religion, in Christianity, but also in the Eastern religions. So all faiths, all faiths uh, speak of angelic or celestial beings. And they may call them by different names, but their functions are all the same. Uh, To bring messages from the other side, the the word angel uh, translates from the Greek as messenger. Messenger. So that's a primary function of angels, is they bring us messages. And the Bible says that there are, quote, legions of angels, maybe billions of them in the universe, And they're all servants of God, created to carry out God's will, and also charged with protecting the righteous. Okay, so when the archangels appear to people in the Bible, the first thing that the archangel Gabriel said was, don't be afraid of me. (laughs) That's the first thing out of his mouth. And still, these prophets and leaders saw them and said they fell face down. They fell face down. Well, that sounds to me like they fainted. So archangels, who are uh, called chief angels, the word arch means chief, are the furthest thing 
from being cute, cuddly cherubs. These are immensely knowledgeable and powerful beings. And when the Jewish book of Enoch described seeing the archangel Metatron in heaven, uh, the rabbi Ishmael describes him like this. Well, Genesis says this, quote, And Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him. Okay, Enoch turned into Metatron. This is what the Bible says. And this is here. Now, listen to this description of Metatron. Okay, quote, This Enoch, whose flesh was turned to flame, whose veins t- turned to fire, his eyelashes to flashes of lightning, his eyeballs, to flaming torches, and whom God placed on the throne next to the throne of glory, received after his heavenly transformation the name Metatron. So you're going to get, you're getting a picture right now of what real archangels are like. I'm having channeled this book and having channeled the next book, which are 10 archangels, teaching us how to live an inspired life, I can tell you that archangels are very selective about giving messages to humans. Archangels are because of their incredible high vibration and their overwhelming power um, that they often will send the message or the task to be performed um, to lower, assign it to lower angels. And by that, I mean uh, the word archangel means angel chief. So they command legions of angels. Uh, the angel hierarchy is set up a lot like our military um, <clears throat> when the president needs something done, he gives the commander and he gives the command and his generals, his commanders, order their soldiers to act. So the angelic world is set up in this way. The archangels are the highest generals. Okay, so um and then they give the orders a lot of times to be carried out to the soldiers, the foot soldiers, and those are the angels. Okay, so let me take a breath here and get some feedback or answer some questions uh, from our audience. Um, Claudia, would you care to comment? Yeah, you know, let's bring caller 770, see what she wants. She wants to comment. 770, can I have your first name? Hi, my name is Maddie. Maddie, so what? Hi, Maddie. Hi, what do you have to comment on that? Great. Uh, you um, you you want me to ask questions about angels or personal questions? Because I really didn't listen all, you know, through the whole um, beginning of it. I've been That's okay. You, you can answer. You can, uh, excuse me, you can ask any question you're interested in. Okay. <laughs> any questions that I'm interested in. Okay. My question is, um, hmm, why is that I um, I have things going on with me sometimes that I I notice that uh, I don't know if it's paranormal, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll be missing something, then it shows up. Mm-hmm. I look high and low, and all of a sudden, it's, uh, one day out of nowhere, I look, and there it is. It's like, did someone borrow that? Yeah. It's a little disconcerting. So what? It's a little disconcerting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're wondering why that happens? Yeah, why that happened. Another incident that I thought was kind of strange, I was in a department store one day, and um, I walked over to the counter, 
well, the sales rep, and we were having a conversation. I had these bags in my hand, and I looked down. There was two little boxes lit and right in front of my feet. And I'm thinking, oh, that must have fell out of my bag because I kind of loaded it down, and I picked it up and put it in my bag. We sat in there talking. I kind of walked away, and there was another box in front of my feet. And I say, and I'm, I'm thinking it came out of my bag again. I get home, and I look, and I say, this is not mine. I, I didn't purchase this. It's a little, yeah, it's a little like, what's going on? That's pretty cool. I have been told that I that I was able to do paranormal, and I'm thinking, is it has something to do with paranormal? Yeah. So let, let me answer this question. Um, <clears throat> so when we talk about paranormal, we are talking about angels and spirit guides. They're all kind of clumped in there together, um, along with our ancestors who visit us. And also, there are ghosts. There are spirits um, who are not embodied, who are sometimes trapped in the material world. Um they're in they're it's, it's so they're all together, okay, and it sometimes it's hard to ferret out uh which one is doing what um but I guess I would say um, almost almost it doesn't matter <laughs> what matters isn't what matters is not who's doing it, whether it's an archangel or an angel or one of our ancestors or our spirit guide or even a ghost, okay uh, a spirit that's in the house. It doesn't really matter so much who is doing it. Okay, what matters is is the message that's there behind it. So I'm I'm curious. And when you found those boxes and you thought, oh, you know, maybe these toppled out of my bag. Let me put them in the back of my bag. Did those have any special significance or meaning for you when you opened them up? Well, the two little boxes when I got home and opened up, I realized it was it was a, a lip cap. Mm-hmm. And the other bottle, and the other package was uh, swaline, swaline oil. Mm. And I thought okay. I was in the department was, store. Okay, and do you think there was a message there for you in that? Like, what did you get from that? I really didn't. I really didn't. Uh, I was. Little, I was just a little confused why why it showed up in front of my feet. And mm-hmm. I, when I walked over, it wasn't out on the floor. And all of a sudden, there, you know, I looked down, and there, and it's like there they are. Mm-hmm. And and um, and I get to walk away. I look down again. There's another bottle, and another box. And I thought, then that's where I really got a little concerned because uh, I don't know what message. I I didn't even think about the message behind it. I said mm-hmm. lip gloss. I, I don't even use lip gloss. Mm-hmm. But the swaline oil, I say the swaline oil, that's good for the skin. Ah. And I thought, and I don't, did I, did I look up what was, what, uh, what the benefits of swaline oil? I may have looked up the benefits of swaline oil. I know it's for the face. Did you use it? Did you use any of the products? No, I didn't, I didn't use it, no. Okay. No. So here's what I think about that, <clears throat> is that, um, one time, I, I'll tell you a, a story from my life. One time when I was in college, I was dirt broke. Uh, I mean, dirt broke, you know, uh, eating beans and rice. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm walking, um, feeling sorry nice for meal. myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm feeling, nice feeling so sometimes. sorry for myself. And I'm walking through the mall, okay? And I had no money to spend, but I was just, I don't know what I was doing in the mall. I was just walking through the mall, probably there to see a friend or something. And... Um, I hear this beeping, and I look over, 
and it's an ATM at a bank, and it's beeping. And I thought, no, this can't be right. And so I go over there, and there's twenty a stack of twenty dollar bills there, and yeah. me just sitting there, and there was no one around, no one. And I'm telling you, I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I mean, I, I mean, I had no money, and I thought this is crazy. And there wasn't even any, um, there wasn't even a, a receipt, so it wasn't like I could, you know, see if somebody's just released those 20 stacks for you, and it got your attention by beeping. Well, I don't know. That's what I kind of thought. You know, that's what I wanted to think, right? And so <clears throat> I thought, but, you know, my mom raised an honest kid, and I thought, you know, this could be somebody's rent, or this could be, you know, you never know. This could be for their child, or yeah, this could be yeah. the grocery money, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I took it out, and I looked around, and there was no one. <laughs> and I thought, who on earth would leave a stack of money like this? <laughs> And so I returned it. I tell you, I went and sat on the bench before I returned it, though. Believe me. I, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it a few moments. Uh, because I knew. It's you like know, I, I came across a pair of um, brand-new sneakers in a box that I was at a restaurant eating. And then uh, the box was, I kind of glanced over at the bag while I was sitting there, but I never really focused in on it. And, you know, and um sitting there eating, and when we got, uh, we was leaving, I decided to see what's in this bag. It was a brand-new box, a, a brand-new sneaker. Someone had walked away and left it in the chair. So I was right. like, should I keep it or should I, should I keep these sneakers? They're not my size, but I can always give them away to someone else. Yeah. But I took them to Lost and Found. I didn't want them. Well, you did the right thing. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to do the right thing, and so I took mm-hmm. it back to the bank. And I and I gave it back, and they were shocked. They were absolutely shocked. They said there aren't people that do this anymore. I said, well, it, you know, it could be somebody's grocery money, you know, or rent money, because it was at the first of the month. So I went home, and I was kind of feeling like rats, you know, kicking rocks. That's a bummer. I didn't get to keep any of that. And <laughs> then I get a call soon after from the bank, and they said the owner of that money wants to thank you. They would like to meet you at the bank, and they'd like to give you a reward. And so I met them at the bank, and they gave me a huge hug. And they, you know, it was a it was a young couple, and it was their rent money, interestingly enough. And they were just so grateful. And they gave me like a nice big wad of money back, and said, "You deserve this." I I couldn't believe it. It was wonderful. So anyway, I, what I want to say is, there are moments in our life that maybe we send up a, a silent prayer. But our angels and our guides and our ancestors are very aware of what we're going through. And and they care about what we're going through. And somehow through their magic, I think that's the word that you use, Claudia, they can arrange these otherworldly connections for us, okay, in the material world. So I think probably if you're finding things like that, that's a blessing to you, you know, that may be a message to you um, that they're looking out after you. I mean, simply put, they're watching out after your best interest. And that's that's a good feeling, isn't it, to know that? And, you know, um, Nina, usually I have this friend that she says, if it happens once, okay, twice, okay, three times, like she did, is like, pay attention. We are giving <laughs> you a message. Like, three times there's no doubt. The message is for you. The gift is for you. Whatever is going on is for you. You know, I and I, I love um, 
stories like this. I have, I have this, I just received a note from someone saying, you know, I was going through my third, um, no, my second time that I had a divorce. So I was feeling really bad because two times having the wrong decision with the wrong guy. And I said to my guys, I said to, to God, to whoever it is that I believe in that moment, I said, you know, I don't want to be uh, alone the rest of my life. I want to have it again, but I don't want to be wrong. So send me a sign of knowing that someone is the right person for me, something that is clear that I will not not know. And, I, and she said, you know, when I meet Mr. Wright, play me the song from Andrea Bocelli, any song that he sings, and I will know this is the one. Okay, so he, she met this man, and this man invites her over to her um, um, house. And she has to use the, the restroom, and as she goes out of the restroom, the guy turns on his radio and guess what song was playing there one of Andrea Bocelli's and they got married and then she's really happy so they can be as clear as you want as well what do you mm. think Nina yeah you know one thing I want to um, bring out here in our discussion is that Metatron makes it clear in the book that angels uh, consider themselves our servants. You know, they are fierce, powerful beings, but they respect us and they consider themselves our servants. And so I think when these kind of supernatural interventions happen in our lives, it's because they're doing their job. They're doing their job. They are looking out after us. Um, but they were never in human form from birth and, and they don't reincarnate. So because we have taken a, re a, a body, we have incarnated, they respect us for that, uh, really respect us for that, because it's tough work to come down here, isn't it? So they are eternal beings with no expiration date. And now that we understand the, the purpose and function of spirit guides and angels, I'd like to tell you some stories from my childhood that I think you guys are going to find interesting. Uh, I'd like to say, too, that Jesus said that we all have guardian angels, every one of us. That's in the Bible. And I know in childhood, all my life, I've kept my angels very, very busy. And uh, when I get to the other side, I look forward to thanking them for all the times known and unknown to me that they protected and that they came to my rescue. And here I am, I'm um, tearing up again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a couple stories in which an angel intervened to save my life, but there's been actually five times that an unexplainable event occurred that I believe was the result of an angelic um, intervention. So I'll speed through these as fast as I can because I'd like to hear from uh, our audience any stories they have of experiences with angels or, or spirit guides. So. Uh, also, I'd like to say that children are much more sensitive to the angelic realm than we are, and so are pets. So I find that a lot of my angelic interventions happened when I was a child, 
okay? So the first time I encountered an angel was when I was in elementary school. Uh, my grandma had taken all the grandkids down to the Russian River, which is in Northern California, where I grew up to swim. And it was a slow day. We were the only ones at the beach. And my sister and I were swimming together. And there's an undercurrent in this river, uh, like a riptide, that can pull you down to the bottom of the river. And it was a, I'm a strong swimmer, but it felt like weights were tied to my ankles and, and just dragging us down. And the harder I tried to swim to the surface, the further down we sank. And my sister is two years younger, and so in a panic, she grabs onto me, and that pushed me to the bottom. And I remember thinking, I was only about 10 years old, 9, 10, that if one of us lives, it should be her, because she's younger, and she hasn't gotten to live as long as I have. I mean, that just seemed... I guess, logical. So I took both hands and I started pushing her to the top and I could feel her flailing and I didn't know if she had made it to the top to get air, but I just kept pushing her up, pushing her up with my all my might. And then I remember thinking, I never thought I'd die by drowning. I mean, it was just such a surprise. And then I thought, I'm just a kid. I've hardly lived. And I kind of felt sorry for myself. And then everything went absolutely quiet and dark. But I wasn't scared at all. I was totally calm. And my last thought was, okay, I'm going to breathe in water now. Here we go. And after that thought, it's like I saw my short life flash in front of my eyes. And it's just like the people who have near-death experiences say, it's like watching a movie in super fast forward of everything that's happened to you. And Metatron calls this the life review. And when the life review ended, what felt like a huge, strong man's arm scooped my sister and I out of the water and swooshed us to the top, and we were alive. We were crying and we were gagging, but we were alive. And I could see my grandma in the water running towards us because she'd lost track of us and knew we were in trouble. But as I looked for the man who had saved us, he was gone. There was nobody on the beach except my grandma. And when she reached us, I asked her where the man was who saved us. And she looked at me kind of funny and said, there's nobody here. And I tried to tell her that a giant strong arm had rescued us, but I think she thought that I'd swallowed too much water. So that was the first time my life was saved by something that I couldn't see, but I definitely felt. Um, the first intervention was at about age 9 or 10. The next time I was in high school, and uh, I'd injured my sciatic nerve playing softball. So the sciatic nerve, for people who don't know, is the longest nerve that runs the length of your leg. is excruciatingly painful if you have a sciatic nerve injury. And uh, I've never felt pain like that except for childbirth. It's, it's that painful. And my mom picked me up from the school to take me to the doctors where I was given some pain medication and I was sent home on bed rest. And before I went to sleep that night, I prayed. And I said, God, I, I just begged. I was in so much pain. I said, God, you've got to do something. I can't take this. I, I can't take this. I'll kill myself. I remember saying that. And that night, it was about 2 or 3 in the morning, I woke up. 
and there was a brilliant white light flooding my doorway and coming in through the door. It was so bright that I couldn't look at it. I had to look down. It was dazzlingly white, the purest white. And because I was half asleep, my thought was, well, who left all the lights on? My mom was a single mom who always reminded us to turn off the lights. And since I was the oldest, I thought, well, gosh, I better get up because my siblings left the lights on. And if mom finds out, man, she's going to be mad. So I tried to move. And then that pain shot up my leg again. And then a calm, soothing voice came into my head. And this voice I know very well now as Metatron. And he said, go back to sleep. Don't worry. Just go back to sleep. And it was like, you know, when you tell your kid who has a bad dream, you put them back in bed and you pat their head and you say, go back to sleep. And then they fall asleep. That's what happened. And so his voice lulled me right back to sleep. But before I got back to sleep, I noticed something really peculiar. I noticed that there were no shadows on the wall. Now, normally shadows from the living room furniture were on the wall, but this light didn't cast any shadows. And I remember thinking, why aren't there shadows? That is impossible. That's impossible. But there's always been shadows. And so when I woke up in the morning, I sat up and noticed that the pain in my leg was gone. And I remembered the strange white light in my doorway and how it didn't cast any shadows. And it occurred to me that maybe maybe it was an angel that came into my head. And so I carefully got out of bed and I stood and I was fine and I walked and I was fine. And there was no pain at all. It was gone. And I'd been healed. And I ran to my mom's bed and I woke her up on a Saturday morning. She was a single mom, you know, <laughs> I'm waking her up and it's the only time she gets to sleep in. And I told her about this bright white light and the soothing voice and, um, you know, how there was no shadow on the wall from this light. I was leaping around her bedroom, you know, showing her I'd been healed. And um, anyone who knows about sciatica knows uh, they don't heal overnight. In fact, um, the doctor said that I'd need to quit softball team and then it'd be months uh, if it healed, if it ever healed is actually what he said. So I've got more stories like this. I've kept my angels very busy. Um, Claudia, I want to stop here, though, and ask, have you ever experienced an angelic intervention or had an encounter with an angel or a spirit guide? Or I wonder if our listeners would like to share. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to share one um, Stephanie wrote about one of the interventions when the first time that she learned about her spirit guide, which whom she has constant conversations. She says, one night, I was laying in bed and I was going through all these questions and answers that I usually go when I feel frustrated or when I would ask myself, how can I improve this situation? And usually when I would ask my questions, I would go through the answers and following my own truth or many times I would just answer my own questions and move on to the next. This time was different though. As I was asking more questions, the answers were coming faster and faster, one after the other, until very suddenly the answers was being told to me before I could even finish the question. It scared me because I know someone or something was inside of me, talking to me. My brain could not answer that fast. The answers were so 
full of wisdom and love. I knew they didn't come from me. I asked who was there, and a face appeared to me in my mind. He was a young man with dark curly hair and a short beard. beard sorry. He had a warm smile and said, My name is Traglatian. Wow, that's powerful. It is powerful. Now let's let's bring color eight four five to the show and see what and they have to say. Color eight four five. Can I have hello? your first name? And hello. Can I have your first name? Yes. How are you? My name is Maria. Yeah, I call it from New York. And Maria, you have something to share? Yes, please. I got a question. Uh, the, you see me as I'm going to travel um, by August, September, over in Italy, uh, buy a property over there near the water, please? Uh, so I guess her question is that if you see her traveling in September to Italy, mm-hmm. do you see that, Debbie? Okay, so let me ask, uh, does the caller um, want me to sort of tap into the angelic realm and ask her um, guardian angel and her guides if she should go to Italy in the fall? Yes. 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 It's a by property over there. Okay, let me me take a minute and tune in. (laughs) So hang on just a minute, my dear friend. Hold on. Okay, so what comes to me immediately is, are you visiting family? Yeah, I got a family over there. Yeah, so the immediate answer was, yes, you should definitely go, and yes, you should go and see your family, that there's a family member who needs you. Nice. And I, 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 suspect, um, I suspect it's either your mother or your father, and I think it's your mother. Does that make sense to you? It's a nice. I bring her flowers over there, sure. Okay, so that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that um, it's almost like I get a very urgent sense that the time is now. The time is now, and that you should go, and that your family needs you to go. Yes. And I guess, Nina, if this is a message from the angels, that everything will go so she can go. Okay, yes. so now let's go to caller 203522. Welcome to the studio. Can I have your first name and what is your comment or question? Hi, thank you. Um, my name's Pat. I do have a question, but I'll tell you quickly an odd story, which in a way doesn't fit but does. Um, two weeks before, my son had an accident, a very bad accident and then actually died twice from the anesthesia, but is alive, thank God. Um, Two weeks before, one night I saw a UFO. I'd never seen a UFO before. I was driving home, I woke my son up, made him come out with me to be a witness to confirm what I was seeing was real. And then for two weeks on, every night when I'd walk my dog, um, I would see lights in the sky and then shoot shoot way across um 
and then my son had an accident. They, I feel like they came, they couldn't really warn me, but they were there. And after his accident, they were gone. So that's my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot, but that was an interesting one and, and still sort of unexplained to me. And my question is kind of, could be very general. I'm very worried about my son. I'm praying every day. I'm not sure how, if I'm not going to do a specific prayer, how to do a general prayer. I've been praying to Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. And my father's been coming through. He's always come through on and off for my son, for his grandson. Is he a spirit guide? If it's a family member that's passed but comes through, is that just a family member or is that a spirit guide? That's a great question. I, I don't know if you said it's your father who has come through. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he has um, volunteered uh, to be uh, a spirit guide for you or your family. I don't know. That would be okay. a question for him. But um, okay. our ancestors definitely can be your spirit guides. I mean, and, okay. you know, ancestors can, after they get to the other side, if they're not interested in, in incarnating in a body immediately, um you know, they want to do a little work for themselves on the other side, or they want to use their time and energies and love to, you know, protect us, guide us, comfort us, then they can certainly do that. And, you know, they can, they can be a spirit guide for us for a short time. Like uh, my, I had a daughter that passed in 2013 and I didn't hear from her for about a year. I didn't get any messages at all from her for about a year, which is a little disconcerting. But then she popped up, and the, the message she gave me was um, was about this book, was about messages from Metatron. And she said, the only thing she said, true to her, true to form, because she was a very quiet girl, was, uh, Mama, listen for the voice. Listen for the voice. And that's the only message she had for me. However, and then she disappeared again. However, Later on, she's popped back into my life, kind of in and out of my life, as a spirit guide. Okay? So they can choose to be spirit guides or not, or they can choose to make it. Uh, there's some spirit guides who, who come into the world with us at our birth and who go out of the world with us at our death and see us on the other side when we get there and welcome us. So there are spirit guides who can do the entire length of life with us or just short stints. But I'm not sure about your father. My guess is maybe he's doing a short stint. Right, right. Can I ask about my son um, and or his family? I'm mm-hmm. worried about him. Can Can you ask the angels or spirit mm-hmm. guides if they have anything to tell me? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you mentioned you. that you've been praying to Archangel um uh, uh, Archangel St. Gabe, uh, no, uh, Archangel St. Michael, right. is that right? Right, yes. Yeah, okay, so there, for, for a male, uh, he's very, uh, Michael is very male-oriented, because <laughs> he's, he's heaven's defender and the Catholic Church's defender. So he's, he has a lot male energy, okay? So for, for sons, uh, Archangel Michael is a great archangel, uh, especially sons who are troubled and having a hard time. Uh, because uh, I hate to put it this way, I don't know how else to say it, I don't know a, a gentle way to say it, is that because he's heaven's defender, you know, um, he can kick their butts when they need their butts kicked. <laughs> That's exactly what he needs. Yes. Yeah, he has He has a way of giving tough love, you know, to men who, who need it, 
who, who need it. And uh, he's very, you know, my encounter with him, he's very military in his thinking. You know, he's very much like a military commander. Uh, he's also got a great sense of humor. He's really funny. And he does not, uh-huh. of all of the archangels, he took himself the least seriously out of all of them. I've met 11. And out of all of them, he was the funniest, and he would joke around and not take himself seriously at all. But he oh. is, he's amazingly huge power, amazingly huge power, right? Like incredible strength and power. But he, um, uh, he's very humble, okay? But I think if you pray to Michael and you ask him to send, I would do this, ask Michael to send his warriors to your son to do their work, whether that's corrective work or comforting work or breakthrough work. You know, when I when you talk about your son, the, the thing that comes to mind is a picture of an egg, okay, and how an egg, before you get to the good stuff, you got to crack the egg, right? And your son, there's there's some good stuff in there, okay? There's there's some good stuff that, that was there as a boy. It's still there. It may not yeah. look like it at times, but inside right. of him, there's a very hurt little boy. Yeah. That's what I get, and 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 I'm not I'm not placing the blame there for anyone on anyone except for him because as adults, whose responsibility is it to look for the healing? It's ours, isn't it? And so yep. um, it's time for you know you to pray that his egg gets cracked. And I think the very archangel to ask for that is Michael, who you've been praying to. So I think you're right on there. Okay. And just ask Michael to send those angels to crack that egg, to get in there so that he can be open again. He's closed. He's closed down. So that he can be open again. He can become a spiritual person again. He can become enlivened. It's almost like I get that his spirit has died. Yeah. A terrible death. And so I just pray that the Archangel Michael with you, because, you know, if you ask believing, two of you ask believing, it's hugely powerful. So we're just going right now, and, and even our audience, you just intend to Archangel Michael this prayer that your son, and with all the listeners, we ask with all of our might, Archangel Michael, that you go to her son, you put your strong arms around him, you crack the egg, okay? We, we ask that you protect him from harm so that he, is, he doesn't hurt himself or anybody else so that he's protected, but that you get through that tough exterior and that his heart would be healed. Okay. Thank you, Archangel Michael. Thank you, sweetheart. That's a wonderful prayer. That's perfect. It really is. Um, I want to thank you very, very much. Thank you. So we have reached the end of today's show. It was a beautiful one, and we are continuing with the conversation of messages from Metatron. And Nina, is there anything else that we should know? Can you share us about your books, about them? Uh, and, and we are coming back. I'm sorry, before we leave, next month we are not going to be live and on vacation, actually. So we're going to come back in August for another lesson on the topic of the human experiment and soul work. I don't know what it is. I haven't read the chapter, but it sounds 
so enticing. So write to Nina or go to cview1111.net, go to Debbie Nina Lincoln's page, ask for your copy of your book. It's only free for listeners like yourself. Or private message me on Facebook, private message Nina on Facebook, but get it out. And um, anything else? Uh, before we say goodbye, I wanted to thank everybody who attended our study group, and we invite you to come back in August. So we're going to take the month of July off, uh, August, for a lesson on the topic of the human experiment and soul work. That will be Friday, August 19th at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time here on Seaview. Um, if you'd like to find out more about my books, you can visit uh, my books on Amazon.com or go to my blog at www.ninabingham.blogspot.com. I'd also like to mention that I published a final um, Archangel books in the series, 10 Archangels Teach You How to Live an Inspired Life, and Archangel Raphael's Big Book of Healing. So please check those out on Amazon.com. Thanks, everybody, and may your angels and spirit guides be with you. And thank you for calling our show, everybody. Goodbye. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.